Welcome to the Boss Mamma Jamma podcast. I have Alana Bonneman, naturopath and host of Health After 30. Alana is a qualified naturopath and nutritionist from Australia. After years of studying and first clinical experiences, she moved to Europe, where she spent many years as a health editor and writer for Amazing E! magazine. In 2020, Alana started her online health practice based out of Berlin, and she believes the body has the innate ability to heal itself. The core of her work is teaching individuals the foundations of nutrition for an abundance of energy, smooth digestion, and vital health. What Alana teaches, we just weren't taught at school, but it is fundamental for excellent health for everyone. So welcome, Alana. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, Kate. Thanks for having me here. And we were just talking, you recently shifted focus in your practice from general population over 30 to a focus on women and mothers over 30, which is why I think it's so great to have you on the podcast, because obviously most of my listeners are women and mothers over 30. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, as a, a career mom, my health and nutrition took on a whole new meaning after I had my son and, and was going back to work. So I don't think as much as I should about this, but I do try to focus on what I eat, vitamins I take, certain things in moderation for a balanced health. So I can show up better as a mom and as a professional. Mm. So I'm really excited just to talk to you about that today yeah. because I know what a lot of my listeners would love to hear is just advice on how to show up better. Um, as, as a mom and as a career mom. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. So that whole after 30, the whole reason why that started was because whether you have kids or not, a lot of people kind of get to 30 and things start to hurt or you hear friends having these serious health conditions or someone's got cancer. Like after 30, things start to go downhill. You know, you live through your twenties and you feel like you're bulletproof. And then all of a sudden things are starting to change and 30 is still quite young. We've got a long way to go and it's important to make sure that we have a good health span. Um, But a lot of people are over 30. And since I'm a mom myself and I've experienced all this myself and I just know firsthand how how exhausting and draining it is. Um, just being a parent and also giving birth, uh, I just thought it was important to now share this with moms specifically because, yeah, it's not just being 30. It's not just being a woman. It's also having to have given, created life, given life, and now sustained someone's else, someone else's life. So, yeah, it's important, as you said, to kind of focus on what we need to be able to maintain good health in all of that. Yeah, Absolutely. I think, um, actually before I met my husband, I was maybe in my late twenties and he and his mom were actually very, um, very much into naturopathic, naturopathic, um, kind of remedies and, and helped me get on a very strict regimen of, of different vitamins and having a, a more holistic diet. I thought I was eating healthy, but I was getting sick all the time and I was mm. really run down all the time. And you know, I was, I was living as a 20 year old would, you know, drinking a lot of coffee and going out and partying and 
you know, kind of burning the the candle on both ends. ends. Consequent free. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Not, not a care in the world. Yeah. And, um, you know, that really opened my eyes at a younger age on just how I need to take care of myself better. Mm. Um, and how I need to, you know, that there are other ways and, and remedies out there in the world. I used to actually take propolis. I don't know if you've heard of oh, that. Propolis. Yeah. Yeah. The, yes. Honey, yeah. Yeah. And, um, I do shots of, uh, switchel in the morning and all of that, you know, little, little changes and little mm. habits made such a big difference. I didn't get did, sick I was going to say, did years. you feel it? Do you feel a difference? Yeah. Wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's not necessarily what you would hear if you went to the, just your mainstream doctor, they yeah. don't necessarily start with these types of remedies. Their symptomatic relief is different. It just, it's just a different approach. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's always a good place to start actually. Um, I don't want to say home remedies because they're not always home remedies, but just mm-hmm. things that support your immune system, the things that support your body rather than just if you have a symptom, headaches, just removing that pain because, you know, in naturopathy, we talk about, you know, use your body as a car as an example. If your car's squeaking and you just turn the radio up, you're just kind of masking that symptom. You're not getting rid of the problem. And mm-hmm. over time, that's just going to get worse and worse. So you want to try and get to that, the root cause, alleviate that. And yeah, you'll feel better all around. So yeah. it's yeah. a massive point. That's really good that your family or, you know, your partner and your mother-in-law kind of were there to encourage you in that. Because if you don't have perhaps the, I don't know, perhaps someone to share that with you or even know about it yourself, then maybe, yeah, it would never have come to you. So yeah, right. definitely. And the funny thing is a little bit of my like pandemic story is I was actually, when I was pregnant, um, during the pandemic, my husband and I, we couldn't be together because of his job and, and the risks with my pregnancy. So I actually moved in with my, my in-laws for a little bit and she kicked up her cooking and all that, like to, to just such her a grandchild was, like, was inside you. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was, it was an meal planning. <laughs> A hundred percent. It was meal planning, like to the nth degree and everything was researched. And, and she would tell me like, we're eating this tonight because you need X, Y, Z. And it was like going away to like, it, I mean, it's the pandemic. Retreat. So it was kind of like crazy. And I was not with my husband, but it was like a retreat. Yeah. It was like my mm-hmm. pregnancy retreat. Um, but it's, it's funny because you know that it kind of goes along with, um, you have that great care often when you're pregnant um, and especially, I mean, for, for myself and a lot of my listeners in the U S, um, our healthcare really focuses around the baby mm-hmm. and around pregnancy and the moment of giving birth. And then for the mother after giving birth, you're typically not seen by your, your healthcare provider or your, um, OBGYN until about six to eight weeks after delivery. So mid- midwives, do they midwives that yeah that's usually a, a different story they tend to come pretty regularly i did not have a midwife but i've i've heard um a lot about for friends of mine who have worked with a doula or midwife that there is obviously a more holistic care afterwards but from a what's covered by your health insurance what's typical yeah. in healthcare practice yeah it's like 6 to 8 weeks after delivery so you go from seeing your doctor every week to 2 weeks to Jesus Christ. And the first six, that's like a lifetime yeah. in yeah. a new mom's world, six to eight yeah. weeks. Um, 
you asked about before, you know, in the email, you asked about in Germany, in Germany, as a part of your insurance, your health mm-hmm. insurance, you see a midwife every, sorry, like all these German words are coming to my head because I <laughs> had to go through them out there. You never know. Yeah, exactly. I'm like mid- midwives. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but you see one beforehand and then you will, you know, you either go to your birthing house, or you have it at home or you go to the hospital to give birth. And then after that, every single day, I think for the first three weeks or longer, if you need, they, they come and they mm-hmm. check on you. Are you like, are they latching properly? How are you yeah. feeling? How's the baby weighing? Is everything going as it should be going? And it's every like single day. And when I gave birth to my first son, my mom was here um, and that was great. And she was here very supportive, but the care that my midwife gave was just unparalleled. You know, mothers forget what happened 30 years ago. And, you know, your right. midwives are there in the trenches every day. They know exactly what to look for, how to support moms, how's the mental health going, you know, how to navigate them through that journey. And I know in Australia, we don't get that. And I was just, I was shocked. She came to me, she's like, first week in the bed, second week on the bed, third week around the bed. That's how the next three weeks are going to go. And they're German. So you're kind of like, that's great. I'm not not going to argue with that. Like, yes, (laughs) (laughs) yes, ma'am. So was my mother-in-law. I understand. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was for me, I, I just, I felt very well looked after, but yeah, I just know from Australia, it's also not the case. And yeah. I mean, it's uh, this whole postpartum journey. If you look through different cultures, different traditions, the way the Chinese do it, the way the mm-hmm. South Koreans do it, the way traditional cultures do it. Oh, it's just indigenous cultures as well. They have yeah. such a deep understanding of how, like, this is a complete rite of passage for women it's something so special and I don't know what's happened between then and now that it's like, yep, in and out, out of the hospital, you know, baby's fine. Okay. And when are you coming back to work? <laughs> like yeah. as if you've never had a child and mm-hmm. you as a woman, your life is just completely changed and you're fumbling around. It's such a wild journey. And I don't know how we even got there. You probably actually know yeah. because you speak more into this topic, but I just, yeah, I'm not sure. Like I'd say, how we yeah, there. like on a broad generalization, I think in trying to achieve equal rights in the workforce, women have surrendered their femininity and feminine needs in a lot of other ways. Mm-hmm. And by just trying to say, you know, I, I don't need to take all this time off. Like you need mm-hmm. me back at work. I will be back at work two weeks after mm-hmm. having my baby. Be, just because there's so much to prove um, yeah. is kind of my, my take and a lot of my understanding of what I've gathered and what I've studied. So I think that pressure has come at the cost of, of women's health in so many different ways. Um, yeah, the pressure, but I think it, because whether you want to do it or not, you perhaps don't even have the system that would support you to stay at home for six months to a year. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if so even want, if you wanted to tap into this like motherhood role, we're all in the motherhood role, but you know, that feminine mm-hmm. side of just take, you know, just doing this job, which is a full-time job, right. Looking after a child. Yeah. You, you can't do that if you're not supported. Yeah. I mean, for our, like my mother's generation, it was completely normal for women to lose their jobs just because they had a baby. Um, they'd come back to work and they w- there would not be work for them. You know, there would be no job because they took extended leave at an inopportune time. And 
terrible. And when you think about it, it's like, it's not even time to heal. Like there's Mm. hardly time to, to heal when it's, you know, you've taken two to four weeks. That's like nothing like Mm. that's absolutely like, you know, some people aren't even out of the hospital sometimes, you know, or barely, but you know, God forbid there's any complications, but yeah, um, yeah, right. Exactly. It could be longer than that or the child or you or Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you've already had a subsequent child, then you're already looking after someone else. Yeah. I mean, I actually was reading a a Forbes article um, the other day, and I think it said as of 2023, the average parental leave taken by U.S. birthing parents was 10 weeks. So, you know, they could be just over two months. They could be given less. Yeah. So that's it's really so little time. And when you think about the fourth trimester and all the changes that your body is going through, Mm -hmm. I mean, what did you tell us? Like, what are, what are the major changes happening from like a nutritional standpoint that women should be considering two months after having baby? I think you might, a lot of women might not even like to our point before you probably don't even know because nobody's telling you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, of course, the first 10 weeks, when I think postpartum, of course, it is those first initial, you know, maybe even three months after birth, but it can also, you can be five years postpartum and still nutrient deficient from that birth. Do you know what I mean? Like you could still, yeah. I mean, if you haven't replenished, like you've put a lot into make, like you make a human, there's an old wives tale. Every time you have a baby, you lose a tooth. That's how much calcium goes. Like you're making bones, you're making organs and livers yeah you're making a human so you're putting you know as any pregnant woman would know you're the vessel mm-hmm. <laughs> the fetus is taking what it needs and so if you haven't done any preconception care to put up nutrient stores whether that's nutrients whether that's micronutrients macronutrients vitamin minerals um then when you go into birth, a lot of deficiencies happen I mean I say a lot of deficiencies but just a lot a lot more is required from the body. Mm-hmm. The need for zinc, the need for iron, you know, that just increases. And then you kind of come into this postpartum stage and there's all these losses. And if you don't kind of build back up this, this tank of yours, then yeah, you're going to feel flat for a really long time. And then comes mm-hmm. in the sleep deprivation and then comes in the stress of all of that. And all of this also eats into your nutrient stores. So you're kind of getting more and more and more depleted. And, you know, nutrient insufficiency or deficiency doesn't happen overnight. It's mm-hmm. gradual. It's a gradual process. And then at some point you just wake up or you realize and you think, I'm smashed. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Is this motherhood? Is this it? Like, am I... Is this forever? Yeah. (laughs) What have I signed up for? So Mm. yeah, there are like, of course there are things you can do, but it's um, like, I mean, there's a lot you can do to kind of sustain that, but it's also depending on what resources do you have? Like what, what access do you have? What kind of, yeah. In regards to food, in regards to perhaps what supplements you can get in regards to what testing you can get and stuff like this. So it's also, it's also quite difficult in, to navigate that postpartum. And yeah, as you said before, like, it's all about the baby, (laughs) like the mother, you're fine. And we know now iron deficiency in pregnancy is correlated Mm. with postnatal depression. Like we, like there's, there's links that are starting to connect this now. So, Mm. you know, we need to be kind of more mindful of what's going on. And so I I don't even know where to start directly postpartum. I know. I would say Yeah. I mean, one of my questions, 
especially postpartum, it kind of related to that comment about postpartum depression. A friend of mine actually went through a pretty terrible episode after her first son was born. This was mid-pandemic. She was hospitalized. She thought she was having some sort of heart issue. It turns out it was a panic attack. And the the person at the emergency room was asking her questions most, mostly about, you know, how are you feeling? How are you doing? You had a baby six months ago. And, you know, she was just like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's great. I'm ha- baby's great. I'm happy, you know, kind of just playing it off and, and just her personality. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out she was really suffering from clinical postpartum depression. depression. Mm-hmm. The first thing they did she told me was they got her back on prenatal vitamins mm. and she was like, I felt so much better. Like you're supposed to quickly. take them after you have <laughs> a baby, you're supposed yeah. to keep taking them, taking them. You're, especially if you're breastfeeding, like your mm. needs, iodine, for example, I think it's 125 milligrams for a normal person goes to 225 when you're lactating. Mm-hmm. Like no one's getting iodine in the diet unless you're living next to the ocean eating fish and algae every day, but no one's getting, you know, you don't get enough in your iodized salt and your fortified food. So like, mm-hmm. if you're not, that's just a small example of a vitamin, but if you're not taking your postnatal supplement, um, sorry, your prenatal supplement postnatal, then mm-hmm. yeah, these deficiencies or insufficiencies, nutrient insufficiencies will, will happen. Yeah. But I, yeah, again, I don't know. I don't even know how many people actually take a, uh, prenatal supplements. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the statistic of that, I but don't. I have mm-hmm. kind of put it out to my, um, like a, a story on Instagram. I was like, Hey guys, just to, just to want to get an idea. Like who's, who took their pre-pregnancy supplements postpartum? And like 80% of them, like, I didn't baby was yeah. done. Well, Why they're called they prenatal Alana. Yeah. Yeah. Breastfeeding postpartum, like it's yeah. It needs to be a full on package and also essential fatty acids. We know like it, also back to iodine, essential fatty acids. If you're breastfeeding as well, this it's for brain development. We know that kids, babies who are fed, like who, you know, parents, mother, iodine, IQ is higher. Like there's connections with this as well. So it's not just for the mom. It's also for the, for the child. And I mean, you know, the fortified uh, formulas, they fortify, like they put, the nutrients and stuff like that in it mm-hmm. um and a lactating mom your body will give it to the child the child takes what it needs as well right. so but you still kind of need to be replenishing with every meal you have mm-hmm. so yeah kind of not thinking about food and maybe just grabbing fast food because it's easy when you're breastfeeding and after this postpartum care it's not it's not the best thing that you can be doing mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I I find that to be very basic and obvious uh, news, but it's just like, yeah, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's affordable to just do that, especially if you have more than one child. Whereas when you have one child, it's mm-hmm. you know a bit more nuclear and it's fine. But if you've got a few kids running around and life's hectic, then right, yeah, yeah that is the biggest issue I think with being a mom and trying to take care of yourself is, you know, a lot of times the issue is time, you know, you don't have time to exercise. You don't have time to meditate. You don't have time to, you know, do whatever it might need to do. Sometimes you don't even have time to make yourself or your family a healthy meal. And especially yourself, you're running out the door. You tend to put yourself last, you know, and I know for me in the mornings, 
I'm like trying to get breakfast in my son, feed the dog, like do what I need to get everybody out the door. And then I grab something that I can just shove in my mouth really quickly. And hopefully it's nutritious and hopefully and it's maybe it's the leftovers and... from the kids. It's just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so it is more about the taking the time being conscious about what it is you're eating, mm. because you know, that there's going to be the long-term benefit of it, even in your immediate day, you know, mm. or long-term, um, I feel like that's where moms really struggle. Yeah. I mean, this all comes down to, I think, planning as well. And I think after living in Germany for 10 years now, like they are, they plan a lot (laughs) on time. And, um, but I've, I've had to also learn this as well because it, it also that mental load, you know, going shopping, thinking about what you're going to get, putting a meal together. That's all like all of that takes a lot of time and a lot of energy and then for that meal to also be nutritious and then feeding a picky kid there's mm-hmm. so many th- there's so many factors that come into that yeah. um and yeah there's some brilliant people out there you know like doing the slow cooking and cooking 20 meals on a Sunday night you know it, you've got to find what works for you slow cooking every now and then works for me Phew, Sunday night meal prep that's not my thing but something that I work with my clients with and I guess this is this is yeah for anyone but especially pregnant women, you know, we, we need to like put a plate together. And it doesn't matter if your cuisine that you're eating is Chinese or Italian, or if you're just getting all the leftovers in your fridge, you, you, you know, like you want a hand size of colorful, diverse vegetables. You mm-hmm. want palm size of protein. You want yeah. you know, a, a grain here and you want to be putting that meal together whenever you can, whether it's a main meal, whether it's a snack, like that's what you need at every meal and snack just to get like your macronutrients to feel energized mm-hmm. throughout the day to sustain your blood sugar levels, which right. is affecting so much in our bodies. Also the way that we sleep and everything that we do. So yeah, getting to the end of the day and you know, that witching hour of the kids when everyone's trying to get into bed and yeah, if your blood sugar levels are low, then hell is going to be let loose mm-hmm. on everyone. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of I, I, in a way preparing, but also that takes time. You kind of need to, and I mean time when I say that, I mean to get into that habit. It's not mm-hmm. something that you can kind of just pick up and then it all of a sudden works every single day. It's something that you just need to keep practicing, be mindful of, keep doing, keep trying. And there's going to be days where it just doesn't work and everyone's eating cereal for dinner. Like that's going to happen. But knowing what you need to do and just keep going. I think Mm -hmm. that's the thing. And also like when you start feeling better from your nutrition, I think that also is inspiration to keep going with that change as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's also like the, the energy component. I loved, I I was listening to one of your episodes on health after 30 about, I'm trying to remember if it was like a, it was like healthy or sustained something. It was about energy. Um, Mm, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Like basically, and and I actually switched from coffee to green tea Mm. about a year ago. I'm just trying to figure out different things with like my gut health and also just really experiencing the highs and lows of caffeine throughout my day and feeling like, oh God, awful, you know, and it always, the low always kicked in right around the time when I like had to call it a day or go pick up my son from daycare. And I'm like, God, I really don't want to be feeling. Which is actually when the day starts, like four o'clock comes, like night shifts happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, pull your yeah. socks up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. And you have to function. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like, it's boots up. The kids are coming home and you have to have like so much more energy and really all you want to do is take a nap, you know, and, and turn off. That comes down to your blood sugar levels as well. That 3 PM crash Mm -hmm. where you're like, I need a Snickers bar. Like I need something like it's your body. It's like you want energy and sugar is usually the fastest way we get energy. It goes, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the fastest way to metabolize and get energy. Uh, and this protein, I mean, everyone probably hears this. Like I feel like everyone's like protein, talking about protein, making sure you have, I don't know, maybe an egg or yogurt for breakfast, hummus and vegetables as a snack, you mm-hmm. know, something for lunch, which also has chicken salad. I don't know. Another nuts in the afternoon. This is like protein throughout the day. I guarantee if you follow that, you're not going to get to 3 p.m. and want another coffee and a Snickers to and get through the evening <laughs> and, and a nap. Yeah. On top of that, to get through the afternoon, like you can actually get through the day and feel quite fine. Right. Mm. Yeah. But it's nothing that we, I mean, I think in the health industry, it's like what a lot of people talk about, but it's just not what everyone knows. It's like, we don't, you don't, you don't just know that we, unless you learn it from your parents or your mother-in-law, you don't learn at school. We don't hear it from our doctors. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's not just a common thing that everyone would naturally instinctually think to do to have more energy. Right. It's like, I'm learning a lot of things on TikTok, which is not not where I should be learning these things. But that was one of the places where I was like, oh my God, if I can't drink coffee, what am I going to do? And I already liked matcha, but I like saw some video on, on TikTok probably about, oh, drinking matcha has X, Y, Z benefits. And, you know, the green tea has like antioxidants and stuff like this, as well as caffeine. Yeah. I'm like, there's still caffeine, which is what I still, I needed in the switch. I was like, I can't give up caffeine. Like I I had to be realistic about that, but it was more the acidity of coffee. Mm. I think that was on your stomach. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I definitely am guilty of the, the mid afternoon candy bar or cookie or something like that. Cause you think you just need to pick me up when really you're going to crash actually 20 minutes after, even if you have an apple not enough. It's healthy. Sure. But it's going to, yeah. it'll give you that little hit and 20 minutes later, you're back down again. And then mm-hmm. it's like, you're snacking again on something else. And if you kind of don't need to be mm-hmm. able to sustain it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to go back to coffee. I think our, we run on coffee, like our society just runs on coffee. I feel, and I like guilty as well. Sometimes like, I like the taste of coffee. I like the buzz that I'm going to get from Mm -hmm. coffee. Like I know that it's coming, but I, I get jittery. I get anxious. I get like sweaty palms. Like my mind just goes too fast and I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. It just gets too much. And it uh, starts and you're like my mental acuity. It's just on fire. I'm so productive. And you're shooting out like emails or you're getting all these things done. But Mm -hmm. yeah, to your point, then like the anxiety. (laughs) Is it worth it? And you know, what's interesting, actually, if you, if you take out coffee, the first couple of weeks, days, especially, it's really going to be hard, mm. but you realize you're tired at night and you want to sleep. So you kind of fall mm-hmm. asleep. I mean, as a mom, you're t- tired anyway, but working mom, especially is tired. <laughs> every mom is tired anyway, but you know, this energy, the, the, also the mental focus, women, we really need to also like tap into our, our cycle, our menstrual cycle after like, you know, mm-hmm. after we bleed, that's when we have this natural surge of like estrogen. We have this energy mm-hmm. second half of our phase where it's like, nah, 
okay, this is autumn, this is winter, I'm going to go under a rug and have a hot chocolate. Like we also need to tap <laughs> into that more yeah. because there are st- times of our cycle where we can go and, I don't know, exercise, punching bags or something. And yeah. we have that like focus and we're really on. And then there's sometimes of our mm-hmm. cycle where we're not. And this is the whole thing. We're talking about this before we started, you know, trying mm-hmm. to keep up with men. We're not men, we're women. And we have different stages of our cycle. A man can get up to the same thing every day. Same mm-hmm. job, same thing, same workout every day. A woman can't do that. We, we can't, you know, there's going to be sometimes in our cycles where we have more energy, we do certain exercises, we want to eat certain foods, and there's times of our cycles where we go in and yeah. we don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. When we're in tune with that, then, yeah, we can, it, I don't know, when you're in tune with that, you know when to book social events, you know, That's or you true. know when to go out and where you're feeling good and your skin's looking nice. And there's times where it's like, you know what? go out mm-hmm. and then yeah. you end up pushing the band you just end up pushing it sometimes yeah so. you're like this is my troll time and I'm just going to be quiet and just like I'm going to do stay it in my, my cave thing. and yeah. don't talk to me yeah I definitely have those days yeah. um I also like I know it's coming because of food cravings mm-hmm. um I oftentimes know my cycle's about to start because I will ferociously crave a burger like <laughs> mm-hmm. And my husband does a lot of the cooking in our house too. So I'll, you know, he'll ask me, oh, what do you want for dinner tonight? I'm like, I just want a burger. And he's like, oh. okay, that time of the month. Got it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, noted. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's like code word. Code yeah. Word for things are going to be rocky in the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'll get you a burger and a bottle of wine and some chocolate. And that'll this, make We'll get through happy. this. Yeah. <laughs> so there's That's also... Awesome. Yeah, I actually, we were talking about, you You noticed my the moons in my background of my room, but um, I use an app. This is one thing I discovered is called Stardust app. Hmm. Um, not non-sponsored, it. by the way, if they <laughs> hear this and they're interested, I'm a huge fan, um, but it's called, it's the Stardust app and it actually syncs your cycle. Um, every woman has uh, their cycle synced to lunar cycle. So mm-hmm regardless of like what days of the month, you know, if you're like, Oh, I usually get my period in like the 12th to the 15th, it actually is more connected to a lunar cycle. Um, and the app gives you a lot of like heads up on things. And it's really, it's cute. It's funny. I, I highly recommend trying it out. Cause it'll also tell you things like scientifically why you are feeling the ways you are feeling like you have an increase in estrogen, you have an increase in progesterone and you're, you might be feeling more energized or you might be in, in troll mode, as I like to call it, where I just don't want to have anyone around. Don't disturb me. Um, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, and it, it obviously doesn't give the more like nutritious answers Mm. to it, like what your body is, is craving and what it is that you, you need, but we are such cyclical beings. It's interesting to think that women are tied to a cycle like you you might be linked to something as big as the moon cycle you know Mm, yes I mean in the end we're all kind of nature I guess Mm -hmm. so I mean yeah I guess we we link back to that and yeah yeah (laughs) off topic kind of yeah (laughs) it's really it's really interesting it it yeah I mean the whole cycle in menstruation in general that's also, I mean, it's also another yeah. massive topic. <laughs> yeah. From a, a generational standpoint, I know you're talking about 30 as a whole being this moment where your body really starts to slow down 
What are your, your thoughts on, uh, I've been hearing a lot about like cellular care, like care biohacking. Yes. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's funny. I, I, there's, um, Dr. Molly, she's on, on Instagram. She's, uh, mm-hmm. the spark factor, like all about biohacking. And I'm, I've got her book. I was like, this is interesting. And I'm reading through it and I'm like biohacking synonymous with just looking after your health. Like biohacking is just, just being healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. no, I mean, it does get more extreme, like this whole dumping yourself in cold baths and that, uh, you know, ice baths, like there are certain things and, I think in the States, actually, there's people spending like a lot of money on oh, like yeah. trying to keep this cellular age as young as possible. So there are things that you can do. Um, I actually spoke with a client about this the other day because it's like there are things you can do. I mean, even mm-hmm. and I wouldn't recommend this for menstruating women, but intermittent fasting, something like that is what mm-hmm. you can do to to biohack. Um, I mean, exercising, eating protein, that's also a sense of biohacking. And I guess it depends on what extreme you're at. So, mm-hmm. I mean, biohacking on a broader sense. Yeah. I think there's a large spectrum in regards to looking after your health, looking after your cellular health. Yet you want to like, this is a day, this is a lifestyle, I guess, whether you're choosing to um, eat certain foods, drink certain beverages, um, live in a city, live in nature, or, you know, like surrounded with fresh, fresh air, the water we Mm -hmm. drink, um, the things that we're exposed to, like, this is all in essence, uh, biohacking or things that we can do for our health. So I, what's my point on that? Like, what's my point of view on that? I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but like, I'm not exactly, my opinion is not, uh, completely, um, concluded, but what I do think is, wherever possible do what you can to do for your body like your your body is the one thing that's carrying you through life and mm-hmm. when you get to the end of our life I honestly believe like our health is going to be the one thing that we need to be able to rely on if you want to have social contacts you need to be able to go outside our mental health you know we need to be able to have our, our brains still we want to be able to move so we really need to invest in our health we need to look after our health now and I don't mean that we need to do all these crazy biohacking things but just on a day-to-day level what can you do that's going to promote health you know and I think when it comes down to basic things there are things that you know are great for your body we drink Mm -hmm. a bottle of wine we get a hangover we know that it doesn't feel good and of course it can be we do it for other reasons and you know that we also get perhaps a um gratification because we have a social occasion with friends and that also gives us something so it's not about cutting out all the fun things in life but it's just there are certain things that you know when we are on our phones like we know that we either get headaches our eyes get sore we're in a bad mood afterwards we know that that's not benefiting us we know when we go out for a walk and get fresh air in a forest like we just feel different so I think what we need to start doing is just doing the things that make us feel good more often. Right. Yeah. Not it's laughing like every day, getting your kids yeah. to laugh. This is going to improve their immune system. Like it, it makes like, yeah, like it's, it's massive. So it, and it's small and it seems insignificant and we get so stuck in our way, especially when you're getting up, going out, going to work, doing this, but you know, just doing the things that are going to make you feel good in essence. Yeah. No, that's such a good point. Cause I think also when you think about being healthy, people take such extremes and I love like asking you about like the, the biohacking stuff. I was hearing so much about it from 
colleagues the other day and their, their beliefs on it. And I was like, to your point, I'm like, this just sounds like other health trends rebranded, mm, you know, and it does stressful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need to keep up with that. Um, but it also, it does feel like a lot of health trends are kind of they're, like the trends, you know, you can't cut things out entirely unless you feel like you, you need to, you have an addiction, you can't function mm-hmm. with something in your life properly then absolutely cut it out. But yeah. you know, trends don't it, last. You see yeah. it in, you see it in health, also diets, like any mm-hmm. trending diet, keto, like keto, intermittent, like it goes out. We even can see like the Atkins diet, like it doesn't, you know, things have just been rebranded and coming back mm-hmm. in and it's not, you need to take a holistic and more sustainable approach. Really? I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm so against trends because yeah. they come into fashion, like anything, like music, like clothes, like cars, like, like types of cars, like they kind of, come, but they'll leave again. Right. And you want something that can help you long-term. Mm-hmm. like a good pair of jeans, you know, that's, it's not, they're not changing. Yeah. I mean, I guess the cut of them does change, but you know, same nutrition, you just need a good, like solid foundation of nutrition. That's all you need. You don't need, and then tap in with your body a bit more, start to listen to mm-hmm. what it needs. And uh, yeah, it will carry you so much further through life. Yeah. And I, I think that's so important too. Like you said, as you're, as you get older, my husband and I like cutting caffeine out that was a huge mm. part of my life for a long okay. time. I had, you know, cold brew on tap. I had probably like three pint glasses a day of cold brew or yeah. probably horrible for me, but it it's what I, you know, survived on and what I lived mm. on until it absolutely was like wrecking my stomach and I had to cut it out. And that like, ex- you have to accept that my husband finally accepted. He has a gluten intolerance after years and years of having was, heartburn. He, every he time. knew he, he knew. knew. Oh, he knew. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. And then he just didn't want to cut it. it out. He didn't want Yeah. Same with yeah. my partner, actually. Ugh. And he's like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's funny, like, that he knows he's doing it. I'm like, oh, like, yeah. Well, yeah. I go down that rabbit hole, but yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And accepting you get it, that knowing glance. Yeah. And your body mm-hmm. tells you, you know, like your acidic mm-hmm. stomach or when, yeah, someone who is sensitive to gluten is eating gluten. Like, it's just, you, when you know, you know, and sometimes it just gets to the point where it's too much. And mm-hmm. then your body just says, no, nah, like threshold has been crossed no yeah. more. And you're in yeah. so much pain that you have to make a change. And it's so sad. Like sometimes, cause it is that usually it gets to the worst point where you're like, oh, okay, this is serious. Let's make mm-hmm. a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just the, people don't want to swallow the pill mm-hmm. of accepting that they are now older and their bodies do not react the same way. I think it's part of it. back as much. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if they don't, ex- I think it's like a, a slow acceptance because mm-hmm. it was, and now it's not. So we're, like, what are you doing, buddy? You know, are we, are we bouncing back? Are we doing this? Are we not? It does, as I said, like it happens gradually. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that it's not like a switch that gets turned off, but you know, you might feel the benefits of being off coffee and your partner might feel the benefits of being off gluten because it just didn't sit well with your body. So mm-hmm. knowing what doesn't sit well, like we need to, like, we need to listen to our bodies. We've, we've forgotten how to mm-hmm. listen to red flags. We don't listen to our bodies where we listen to what's kind of told to us on how to tune into our bodies. But if you really sit, eat something, keep a journal of that, see mm-hmm. if it makes you bloated or gives you a headache or makes your 
bowels a bit irregular. Yeah. Tap into that. Yeah. Yeah. From a, a quick um, hack or a quick trick standpoint, are there vitamins? Um, and we talked about like propolis, propolis. I don't even know how to, how to pronounce it, but <laughs> that's good. In the beginning. Um, anything that you'd recommend, especially for career moms, you're going back to work, you're exhausted, mm. your mental acuity might not be what, what it used to be. Yeah. Um, what do you recommend to, to so, parents, especially to moms who have given mm-hmm. birth, birth. Um, mm-hmm. all of them, all of the <laughs> micronutrients No. Um, so, I mean, I don't want to be so prescriptive and I yeah, think yeah. everyone has to do that. Everyone has to also do their own research, but mm-hmm. B vitamins, complex, a complex B vitamin, this, they, they give us energy on a cellular level. Uh, not like a coffee, you won't have them and get the jittery joes or anything, but they give you energy. You take them in the morning uh, and not at night because they might keep you a bit active. They give you a natural source of energy. And then we need to think of our minerals, our zinc, our copper, our chromium, you know, mm-hmm. magnesium, um, manganese, like all of these we also need. And when we're sick, I mean, also vitamin C, like zinc will go down, vitamin C will go down. When we're stressed, like it all eats through this. I mean, iodine. It's kind of a sensitive topic. Not a lot of people talk about it, but it's also mm-hmm. important. We, we also need this. But as I said, again, like don't just go out and get these things because when we take iodine, it needs to be taken with cofactors like selenium to be absorbed by the body properly. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess maybe seeing someone and getting your bloods done, seeing where you're at. Yeah. Are you exhausted? Do you have low iron? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, and also just sometimes the uh, minerals also interact with each other. And are you getting enough through the diet? It's also hard to say because we know we're not what we eat. Like you could be eating a omnivores diet. Like you could be a, eating a lot of meat yet still mm-hmm. being B12 deficient because you're not absorbing the nutrients. So you might've heard this, you're not what you eat. You are what yeah. you absorb. We need to make right. sure that our gut is also functioning well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a very big picture, but I guess if there's one thing that you yeah, like a mineral mix or a mm-hmm. multivitamin. Let's just say a multivitamin that kind of covers right. all the basis. Mm-hmm. And if you're having a pregnancy multivitamin, like maybe a little package, maybe it also has your omega-3s in there as well. Um, which omega-3s? Omega-3s, yeah. Yeah. So, and oh God, I could go on because it's like, you know, in, in the Northern <laughs> Hemisphere, yeah. if you're not getting enough sunlight, we need to be getting vitamin D. That helps our mm-hmm. mood, our immune system, you know, the health of our bones, but as yeah. far as energy goes, and I guess back, back into it, perhaps just a, a big complex is the first place to start. If you're feeling stressed and tense, take a magnesium, it's muscle relaxing. It's, you know, calming the, it's not calming the nerves, but it's, you know, like bringing down, bringing a relaxed uh, state to the body. So mm-hmm. yeah, I want to like throw everything, but then it's also gets really overwhelming. Like I'm of the belief of be the person who takes supplements, but then forgets to take your supplements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, either that, if you're taking them kind of long-term or like take them diligently, f- diligently for three months and then like have a break. You don't need to be doing it every single day of every single, you know, month. Or right. year. But it's, it's very individual. You mm-hmm. can test to see where you are. Like you can do like, I mean, hair minerals, not what everyone does, but you can also, depending on the healthcare system of where you are, mm-hmm. you can test uh, what minerals you might be deficient in. And if you're feeling really low, then 
perhaps go to your doctor and ask them, check your thyroid. Like there's so many of us that have a thyroid, like underactive thyroid, Mm. being slow, feeling tired, carrying weight. Like that is a very typical underactive thyroid symptom. So yeah. yeah. When do you know that that's actually when it's more than just you're in your thirties and you have a kid, so you're tired or you have multiple that's you know, really like, really baby yeah it's because a lot of the symptoms are the same like if you're sleep deprived and you're irritated mm-hmm. that can also be the sign of like you know nutrient insufficiency right i guess yeah when it gets extreme but it's also hard to say because everyone is so different mm-hmm. everyone is so so different in how they you know and it's all, you know, with this whole gentle parenting thing that's taking over the internet, it's really hard, you know, if you're tired and irritated and exhausted to gentle parent, but then you're trying to like perhaps mask the way that you're feeling to try right. and gentle parent. I don't know. Like, I feel like there's a lot of, it's, it's really hard because there's so many things that overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you know, I guess you get to be a point where you're feeling completely run down or not even you're just like I'm not how I we talked about this before as well I'm not how I used to be Mm. and the thing is you never will be how you used to be but we need to find a new way of having energy in motherhood Mm -hmm. like we exhaustion is not the answer and it shouldn't be how we live but unfortunately because of our societies because we have to work because we have to get back that's kind of the way it is but Mm -hmm. if you're feeling deplete if you're feeling, and I guess like right after birth and that, you know, that very, this kind of four month, that three month after, you know, postpartum, it's a lot more intense because the baby is waking up more as the kids get older, but you're still mm-hmm. feeling tired and you're still feeling like you can't keep up, you know, then dig deeper into that. Right. You don't have, you don't have to be exhausted all the time. That's not, this is not the answer. Mm. And of course, there's a lot of more things that come into this stress is coming into this whether it's you know with a job finance job in the family sick child we're Mm. always bombarded with stress and we need to also consider that as like a real debilitating factor for us definitely yeah Mm. and I'm so glad you said that like you don't have to be stressed I need to hear that you know I think all parents need to hear that that you don't have to be tired all the time that doesn't have to be the normal I think you know, you, you wear it as like a badge of honor. A lot of times going back to work, especially like, mm. Oh, I'm just so tired. The baby didn't sleep, but here I am, you know, mm. I'm How here going oh, tired. 8 a.m. meeting. Yeah. So it's it. Yeah. It, you don't have to wear that badge of honor. It's something, it might be something more. So yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just looking, digging deeper into that. Mm-hmm. If it's possible, work with someone on that, you know, work with someone who knows and can help you on that, like finding <laughs> yeah. the right, I mean, the internet will tell you whatever you kind of want to hear. So you can Google it, but you can't yeah. use AI, but maybe finding someone local who you can just go and talk with, who mm-hmm. can see you and help you on that. Yeah. If you're seeing a nutritionist, like they should be able to give you advice not a diet, but something sustainable long-term. You shouldn't have to go back and see a nutritionist every couple of months. Mm-hmm. You should be able to give you the right things that you need to sustain you for life. So, Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, I want to be mindful of your time and thank you so much for all of your advice and for coming on the podcast. Um, yeah, thanks, Kate. 
Yeah. One um, fun thing I like to do before I tell everyone where to find you. I love music. Obviously my intro music is my, my walkout music, but as a mom, I think we all need walkout music, music, music. that pumps you up, music that gets you fired up to go out there and do your best you can from a work and parenting perspective. What is your walkout song right now? Yeah, that's um all right now. I don't know if it's right now or just my life in general. In general. And, it, and it's not something that actually amps me up. It's something that um grounds me. Mm. And it's um Riders on the Storm by the Doors. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. You just hear it and you just I don't know, it just takes you out of this world, I feel. Yeah. The opening yeah. especially is like eerie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I and like the beat that. comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. it's I mean, yes, I guess I do also have music where I'm like ready to like, I don't know, do a high leg <laughs> kick as well. But for the most part, if I want to, yeah, get like, get things going, then that's, that's, that's your theme song. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, well, Bad Mamma Jamma by Carl Carlton is a great song. Um, your life it, one or the one at the moment? Oh, the life one. Yeah, obviously. that's actually, I've been, um, oh, Australian artist, uh, Tosh Sultana. Oh, um, she's coming song. to Berlin. Ooh, yeah. She's actually, she's drop. in New York too, or oh. she's going to be in New York in a month. Oh my God. Yeah, she's getting around. Okay. We should both go to the concert and That's, then just yeah. like send each other pictures yeah. from the concert. Totally. Yeah. I want to go actually. Amazing. And they were, she was Fat Fetish Drop as well. Oh yeah, yeah. She's, mm-hmm. I think she's, I don't know if she's uh, coming with them or like, I think they're doing a show together here. I don't know if they're doing it worldwide though. Oh, nice. Well, um, but her song, The Jungle. I feel like has been for the past like seven years, like one of my go-to songs that just like, yeah. And I feel like a lot of life can be described as the jungle. (laughs) Well, yeah, thank you so much. And um, just jumping to uh, how can people find you? I know we we mentioned your podcast at the beginning, Um, Health After 30, that's available. I know I've listened to it on Spotify yeah um, but wherever you listen it's kind of on all the channels um I am on Instagram at naturopath.alana every now and then I try to be but you know Instagram is <laughs> it's a whole other job in itself um mm-hmm. and then at www.alanabonneman.com and that's also where I, I have a lot of resources and I also practice through there as well yeah amazing awesome well, thank you Thank you. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay. Um, be in touch. See you on social media and yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye, Kate. Thanks. Bye.